That's right, kids. It's once again time for Comics in Christ. And in today's episode, we're taken over by the Wrestler Faith Audio Podcast. And in today's episode, the 16-time missionary. Let's join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, we thank you for the message that you fill our hearts with to share with others. We thank you for the gifts that you give us. And sometimes we want to take more, we want to do more. We become so very excited about the gift that we want to share more than we actually know. And you just remind us, share what you have. Share what you have. Today, as we look at this scripture, as we talk about the message that stirs within our souls to touch others' hearts with, we say thank you for being the source of that. May your blessings flow like the songs of the birds. Amen. I want to share with you this very personal and special moment in my life that I found a very dear connection to something that has been a part of my life for many, many years and has given me something to turn to in times of hurt and pain and worry. I want to share with you my first experience and how that first experience can become so long lasting and transforming that it becomes a part of, it became a part of my identity, receiving a very special message that I've held on for years and have turned to for joy and excitement. I remember being a 10 year old boy and there was a program on TV and I saw a very well-dressed man standing in front of a community of people sharing a message. And the message that he shared was to stir and convince individuals of something very important to draw them in to be a part of an event that would bring peace and happiness to so many different people. I watched as this individual shared a message so clear and so transforming that I just got locked into it. And I couldn't stop listening and I could not stop watching this very well-dressed person share information in such a way that it stirred people to be a part of it. Within his presentation, there were other individuals that disagreed with him and spoke against him and he still had this ability to share the message that he stood up to share. And even within visible arguments in that conversation, was able to remain strong and steadfast to his message. And he was so strong and steadfast to his message, it touched me that day. And I continue week after week to hear the same person shared the same message. I said, 10 years old. <laughs> so should I be honest and say 36 years later or lie? <laughs> that 36 years later, I still look forward. So obviously, if you know me and if you know what I find great joy and excitement in, you know that I'm talking about the first time that I ever heard the Nature Boy Ric Flair give an interview on a professional wrestling show and grab my attention to want to hear what he said week after week. There's something about the ability of communication 
that draws people into things and into certain situations and into silly little hobbies that spend they spend the rest of their lives enjoying and enjoying. And you love it so much you want to go out and share it with other people. So I've shared that message with you about the 10-year-old Drew Davis. So let me tell you the message of the 14-year-old Drew Davis. This is the message you thought I was sharing. I remember one Sunday morning at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Martinsville, Virginia, the Reverend Dr. Ken Martin shared a sermon that talked about a Savior who loved the world so much that no matter our flaws, no matter our shortcomings, no matter the things in which we see in ourselves as limitations, there is a grace that exists that cuts through limitations and empowers us to be able to move forward in a sense of grace, a grace-filled guidance that we can overcome the things that we feel limit us so that we can go out and be complete in a spirit that produces wholeness. On that Sunday morning, I walked down the aisle and said, I want that as mine. And now, 14, subtract 46, this is 32 years later, here I am. I'm still sharing that message with individuals because we need it. It's far too easy to look in the mirror and say, oh, It's too easy to do that. But we exist within a message that can turn the world around and produce hope and newness that we can look in the mirror and I hope that we see what God sees and not the... that sometimes we produce within ourselves when we look. We're going to look at the scripture today. Crystal, thank you for reading it. This whole scenario that Jesus Christ is dealing with has him having to deal with the moments and then this freeing spirit that not only sets him free to make sure that the message that he wants to share is shared, but it actually empowers other people to have a voice within that message, that the message is not his alone but it becomes an empowering spirit that drives others to be motivated, to speak, to share, to serve. And he's not just sharing a moment of freedom for an individual, but the individuals get to display that freedom and they get to turn the world around every time they share it. Let's glance back at the children's message for today. When I had my dear friend, Mr. Burton, come forward the first time and I had him to tell me something and then to go back and sit down. I feel sometimes even in the preacher's man life that that's how we live our faith. We get this message and it touches us and it stirs us and we want to hold on to it and celebrate it so deeply and richly because of the freedom it brings to our lives but that is an incomplete action. <laughs> Things become more special when we share them. Personal moments of freedom become more fruitful when we pass them on to someone else. And sometimes, even for me, I hold on to this rich message and I celebrate the freedom that it comes to me. 
And sometimes I forget to turn the world around by passing it on to the next person who passes it on to the next person who passes it on to the next. Jesus Christ is dealing with a situation where when one person becomes so connected to the image of something, it actually can over time taint the message. If it's only one person, that's the image of a movement. If it's only one person that embodies a life-changing statement, individuals have the ability of becoming very resentful to that one person. And as the resent builds up, that message becomes skewed so much like our game of telephone that one person says, Jesus loves you, and it ends up into a radically different statement that was never intended to begin with. It's the actions of living and the actions of personal frustration and personal confusion that excuse the message and that even Jesus Christ realized I cannot be the sole voice in passing this on. And as he deals with the town, as he deals with family and friends, not so much wanting to listen to him, what does Jesus Christ do? The second part of the scripture today is the answer. He begins to empower other people so that they can take the message out as well. I, I know uh, Miss Jan Aller comes from a history of, of pastors in her family. And one of the beauties of having so many different voices sharing a message is they share it in so many radically different ways that it makes it possible for anyone in the place that they are to hear the message and understand it. Miss Jan, I, I, I have no money in my wallet, but, but I'm going to make a bet with you. Your dad never referenced Ric Flair in a sermon. <laughs> but there's somewhere, somebody, somewhere, maybe another 10-year-old Drew Davis that heard that name and started to pay attention. And now they're hearing a message differently. I'll share with you, there's ways that your dad touched so many souls that I would not have that language to use. But the souls were touched anyway. And it comes from this moment that Jesus Christ begins to see being the sole image and the sole voice was starting to build resentment to the communities that were hearing it. So as Christ begins to empower the disciples and anoint them to be the representatives of the message, they begin to see that message lived in different ways. I all right, how many of you have been here the entire life of Oceanside, North Coast United Methodist Church, 1501 Kelly Street? Les and Rosemary and Jay and Crystal. I guarantee you that, um, who was the first pastor? The Richard Smith. I guarantee you Richard Smith, Cindy Arneson, and Tanya Harris never referenced Ric Flair in their sermon. <laughs> But they touched souls and they made it important. And that's why that you're still here. And now I'm here sharing a new message in a new way, using Harry Belafonte and sermons and talking about the importance of really looking at the full, rich, transformating message 
of grace that even Jesus Christ pointed out. We need to change the voices so that we can hear the needs of the ones that need to hear the message. We have been traveling so long in our denomination talking about what voices share the message. We've been talking for many years since I've been here about the United Methodist conversations on LGBTQIA individuals and their place in the message of Jesus Christ. In the history of the United Methodist Church, there were conversations that took place about gender roles and how female voices needed to go out and share the message of Jesus Christ. Every time we go through this journey and we go through this conversation, it empowers another collection of people just like Jesus Christ in this scripture to become the new voices and the new image and the new representation so that we don't fall into one image that can be excused through time, but we are an ever-evolving voice of grace that can continue to touch hearts forevermore. I want you to think about that specifically as we move into this conversation of what the 4th of July is. We continue as we live our lives in the path of John Wesley that the world is our parish. And we as United Methodists in our outreach have shined the light of Jesus Christ in very strong and powerful ways. We're not just a collection of people who come and sit outside in the back patio or next week inside in the sanctuary and we celebrate the grace of heaven that comes from our salvation, but we have the conversations just like Jesus Christ in this scripture to talk about what it means to pass that message on to the hungry in Oceanside as we continue our relationship with places like Brother Benno's. We continue to have this conversation of passing that grace on to our homeless community as we continue our relationship with the Interfaith Shelter Network. I got a really cool, exciting email yesterday that we're going to talk about at church council that may open some doors of how we can interact with community outreach for teenagers playing video games. So, and, and young adults. So we begin to look at all these things and all of these images become how that Jesus Christ in this scripture said, okay, you've heard me enough. How do I pass the message on to a new voice? You've heard me enough. How do I inspire a new person, a new path, a new understanding to step forth? So much to the extent that you once upon a time had biblically strong, educationally balanced scriptural sermons from Pastor T.S. Harris to one day on a Sunday morning, you have to hear Drew Davis say Ric Flair. <laughs> but it's the entire spectrum, and the entire spectrum is important. And every way that we find a new way to say Jesus Christ is Lord opens a new door for a new soul and a new heart to find their place at the table. So we'll be in a lot of conversations about that soon. And it's not just this new thing. And this, 
this new thing that I referenced may be too big for us. We don't know, but we're going we're gonna to have a conversation at the very least. And we'll keep having conversations so that we can continue to find ways, just like Christ in this scripture, to turn the world around with the message of grace. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. This has been a presentation of DWO Podcasting.